Getting split Getting ready. split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Welcome to Getting Split Ready with Douglas Katz and Mariah Carey Pleasant. And today, another great guest friend of the show, real estate expert, Joshua Berngard, owner of Buzzer Realty. And how long have you been in the real estate industry? Uh, 15 years. 15 years in the real estate industry. And Josh is a expert in handling real estate during a divorce. So we're going to jump right in because it's something I come across a lot. I'm on the mortgage side and I can have a good partner on the real estate side. So what makes for for real estate, what makes a divorce deal different than a regular deal? The people. Uh, when you're dealing with divorced couples, especially usually when I get involved, Doug, it's uh, coming in at a high conflict situation. Um, it is everyone is at each other's throat. They don't trust each other. And so how do they then get my name, get my person into there and be able to work together? And so the difference is that normally when you're dealing with a husband and wife, if that's the situation, uh, everyone's on the same page. Everyone's easy to deal with. Like, okay, this is what's going on. They'll communicate together. They'll call together. We can have conference calls, uh, a friendly meet and greet uh, and divorce. It's usually not that way, right? There's a difference. There, There is a, there's. There is hostility in the room most of the time. Got it. So what I hear a lot is, I love my realtor. Why can't my realtor handle this for me? What makes someone better at handling a divorce situation than just any realtor that we know? Yeah. So um, again, usually when I come in, high conflict. So the conversation is just that. Everybody knows a realtor, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin. Correct. Someone you know is a realtor somewhere. There are 13, What I think last month they said there's 13,500 in the city limits alone. Only 6,300 did a transaction last year. Wow. Yes. Okay. So with that being said, everyone knows a realtor. The difference is, is this. Your husband that you're about to divorce you don't want to work with the person he knows. And he doesn't want to give you the satisfaction of working with someone you know. So it is, at this point in time, again, when I get called in, it's usually from either a judge, an attorney saying, hey, listen, I have somebody that specializes in divorce, right? Hence why I have a divorce uh, designation. Um, and that is the difference between the two. And what, what makes me different is what you asked. The difference is my communication, the way that I can navigate through a husband and wife conflict to make sure that everyone can be on the same page with having, in essence, three different conversations because the wife is going to talk to me separately, then the husband's going to talk to me, and then I'm going to rope in our attorneys and or our, our lending partners to figure out what is going on. When are we going on the market? How is this going to work? How are we going to do showings? I mean, it goes, I mean, it goes really deep into the psych, psychology of it, but that's really the difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I was once working with somebody and they had to have somebody as a scout for the appraiser to know when one spouse was leaving to literally get that appraiser in. So it's crazy. I could see how it would be totally crazy. What other external considerations do you have? So you're you're talking about right now your, your internal stuff, like what you do. What external considerations do you do when you're brought in? So what do I do when, I, when I'm brought in initially? You're saying when, mm-hmm. I, fir- when I first meet somebody. So the, the, I have to dissect the situation. The first question is, can I meet with them together? I do try to do that because it's going to gauge where they are. If I can get them in the same room, I can truly gauge where they are in the in the process of being 
collaborative within themselves or totally defiant, right? So that would be the first thing I'm going to try to do. And then if I can't get them together, then I already know my situation. Then it's I'm going to have a conversation with mom and then I'm going to have a conversation with dad and then we're going to figure out what this looks like and what they're willing to, in my dissection of it, figure out, are you guys willing to work together on anything or is this going to be, I heard you chuckle, right? It is that. Or are we going to be literally at ends the whole time? And so with the example you just gave, right? Normally I can navigate through that. What works for you? What works for you, Mariah, on a separate phone call? What works for you, Doug? And then all of a sudden, I can figure out there's going to be probably uh, maybe an hour or two hours. There's going to be this, these these times work without letting you guys know that, oh, I talked to Doug and three o'clock works. And then all of a sudden, Mariah's like, well, three o'clock doesn't work for me. So I just asked the blanket question, hey, what works for you next Saturday? That's what you don't say. You got it. You go. Exactly. I like exactly. I like well, well, I have to be, in that case, the mediator or the middle person between them to make this work. That's awesome. Most realtors will not do that. They don't have a clue of how to do it. They're going to ask the same question. Come on, guys, let's work together. We're not working together. That That is the reason why we're getting divorces because we're not in a position to work together. That's so, amazing. In your experience, what advice would you give to couples? You know, they're just beginning the divorce process. They know that they have to figure out what they're going to do with the house. It's oftentimes one of their biggest assets. What advice would you give them starting out? So, Mariah, I, I think you're you're really judging something that is not true. Uh, a lot of couples have no idea at the beginning that they have to give up the house. Not it's necessarily usually, that they have to give up. Well, right? okay. You, you, yep. well, you just made a blanket statement. Yep. The idea is that, like, someone in their mind usually has the ideas, I'm keeping this. I'm not telling you, but I'm keeping this house, right? So um, the first thing that I would say, and, and again, working with Doug, is I, I think you need to talk to a financial um, professional to discuss what does it look like if so-and-so keeps this house? Or even if it's me going behind my wife's back and saying, oh, I'm gonna keep this house. I'm gonna go talk to a financial advisor, whether it be a mortgage guy, a financial planner, and discuss what does this look like if I, if I try to keep this house from her? Or what if I give it to her? What does that look like for me? That would be the first step. And, 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 and even before that, therapy. So, I mean, go talk to somebody about what, what you guys are really getting in the crust of. It could be your marriage is not salvageable. We get it. But I would say before you start going into it, try, try to figure out what middle ground is possible if you're at that point, right? As we both know, divorce doesn't always spring from like, we're not getting along right now. There, there's sometimes a driving faster fa- factor that will uh, you know, push them to get divorced. To that end, a lot of people don't realize there is more uh, mortgage marriage dissolution therapy. It's not intended to save the marriage. It is intended to unravel some of those issues that it. are better unraveled now versus in five years or ten years, so they can become good co-parents or just divorce in a more amicable way. Um, when they're looking at the house, how do you help them take emotions out of that uh, equation? Can you clarify what do you mean by when they're looking at a house? Because I'm thinking of a buyer now. When they're I think when they're house, looking to sell. Yeah, when they're looking to sell. Got it. Okay. Um, selling a house is often an emotional uh, transaction. People are Always. very attached to their homes, even if there's no divorce in the picture. Correct. With the added complex layer of divorce, how do you help them navigate that situation? How do I? So at this point, that's that's a really sticky question. That, that, is, a, <laughs> that, that is a great question. So let me think about that. So what do I do? And I'm doing it unselfconsciously, mm-hmm. obviously. So... Um, we talk about, uh, usually when I come in, I use the word, let, let's pre-pack. Uh, 
in my in my what I'm really saying is let's declutter. Right, I but like let's, it. Let's, but let's, but let's prepack because we're gonna get out of here anyways, right? So let's start. I think take, that's a whole nother show. It right? is a whole, yeah. a whole nother show. Um, but that's the first thing I do, and again, I'm always gauging, right? And every at every step, I have to figure out who's helping, who's not, what's going on, right? So, um, it's personal. It, I mean, someone always feels like they are getting the short stick. Okay, no matter how this works out, someone is always the victim. So we we start off as as, as what I try to do. I say we, my team. We start off saying, okay, let's prepack, and I see how that goes. I express to them that everything needs to be taken off the walls, right? Um, and that's because the people coming in, better off that they don't see your family because sometimes they have a hard time figuring their own. So pictures just get exchanged with, with uh, landscapes, anything that doesn't have your grandmother, your kids, and your family. And I would tell you that after two or three weeks of this happening, once your stuff is out, and your personalization of the house is there, it gets a little easier. Um, but every situation is so, uh, I'm going to use the word vital, because like I said, someone's emotions go a lot deeper than the house itself, because there's never not emotional. It's more in sticks and bricks. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be emotional, I think, to the day we close, and even after it, mm-hmm. right? There are memories in any house, apartment, condo, I don't care what you're talking about, right? Any, any Anything that you've lived in, for over a year, you've made memories of some sort. And when you leave, when you close that door for the last time, I don't care if it's, you know, whatever real estate transaction you're in, there, there's a feeling, I think, of loss, freedom, excitement. I mean, it's all emotional, like this roller coaster you go through, I think, within the first 30 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. So that was talking about the, the heart part of the emotion. And it's weird to say the head part of the emotion. But the other emotional event is how much you're going to make off it. Yes. So if, assuming they've talked to someone like me and they figured out that neither one can afford it realistically and they've made the decision to sell or, or for whatever reason, how does the market and the divorce decree, they might have 18 months to sell, they might have 12 months to sell, how does that impact how you're coaching them for a selling price or, oh, yes. or how, to, how to position it in the marketplace and how to market it? So my marketing doesn't change. Uh, regardless of that, right? Because no matter where I am, pricing has already been decided based on everything you just said. Timing of the year, how fast do we get rid of this? Do we have time to play games? Uh, again, and also, I also will think about in the back of my mind, are we getting along, right? If they're getting along, we can negotiate a deal going forward. If I realize that you are not getting along, we're not talking, right? Then in the back of my mind, we have to price this thing to a point where when we get the offer, we're either doing it so we get a price bidding war and the highest and best will win at the end or we come so close that I know that once we get an offer here we are the other thing I do on the back end of that again again these are all situationals like we need to break down each piece but um, I, I will give a range of saying okay we should sell between these two prices always right that's just my process and so uh, I usually have them sign something so when we get an offer between these two prices and they say no and this is going divorce or not I show them like, hey, we agreed on this a month ago, three weeks ago. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And usually it goes very smooth. However, sometimes I still get that. But so um, it all depends on where we are and who I'm dealing with to discuss all of those things. The market will you know, obviously dictate where our prices go, right? And then my marketing will depend on how, how long do I have and what's going to happen afterwards. Got it. Again, you're listening to Getting Split Ready with Douglas Katz and Mariah Carey Pleasant and our awesome real estate expert guest, Josh Berngard. 
Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, quick question. So oh. we both work pretty closely with the collaborative group of Illinois. And so how do you and do you interface with the other professionals in the group? How do you communi- prefer to communicate with the attorneys and the other people that are involved? Uh, so I actually prefer video. Uh, so what I do a lot of times is, is communication via email, text, um, it can be construed in many ways, and so I've learned that in, in many of ways. So in, in this case, in this juncture of my professional career, I usually literally video myself or send an audio message uh, to make sure that there's no misunderstanding of what I'm trying to communicate within my um, you know, communication. So an email is great, but a video that you have me and you could hold on to it, that's usually how I'm communicating with them. So again, and I do it on a weekly basis. When, okay. I, when I'm in one of these, the all attorneys inside this um, transaction get a phone call or a video from me every single, what I call Tuesdays. Now you help out with more than just selling the home, right? A lot of times, uh, if the home's being sold, they gotta they gotta find something else, right? You help with rental stuff too, in some occasions. That right? is correct. A lot of times, again, uh, back to your Mariah, your comment was um, that some person's gonna keep the house. In that case, I would tell you about eighty five percent of the time, whoever the spouse or the other person that didn't get to keep the house does not have enough money to buy something right away. And so, in that case, I do help them uh, rent a condo or another house nearby because there's a reason why they want to be so close. Or they're just not ready to buy again, right? Someone's going to live in the suburbs, and then I'm I'm going to I'm going to spread my wings, and they come to the city, and buying in the city is is not something they're willing to do. And so here we are. Let, let me find you a rental. Let me let me get your your feet wet back into the single world, a, and then b, in a totally different context. Again, a whole nother show. Yeah, a whole nother show. Yeah, yeah. And from a financial perspective, we often encourage people to let the dust settle before making those large transactions and those large decisions. Yeah. Um, my favorite question to ask is, tell us about one of your um, craziest situations that you've encountered as a realtor for oh, wow. uh, our particular niche. Sure. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, I'll give you, this is great. Um, so, Bolingbrook, Illinois, uh, the names will go nameless. And uh, we have a, a couple uh, with a, at this point in time, I want to say she was either t- 12 or 13 year old daughter. Um Couple, uh, husband works um, sanitation, and the wife is a police officer. So, um, total high conflict, and they they need to get divorced. They're not getting along. It's tearing apart the the child, um, and I get called in. And when it came down to it, they don't make enough money to sell this house. And then figure out where they're going to live afterwards. Like a bad situation. They're underwater. They bought it in 2006. Mm. You know, again, you know, they bought in the height. It doesn't make sense. The market's not there. They, they literally can't leave the house. So as we're going through things, it took us a little while to figure this out and, and to find out what it looks like when, when getting out. And, and through our conversations and then those that they did on the side that uh, were done, their child's life was the most important, right? Taking care of her, making sure she didn't leave school that she was in. And there was no way um, for one of them to take over the house and for the other one to leave. So what we've come up with, and and Greg, you asked this because it was less than four months ago now, is they split the house. Dad lived in the basement. Mom and daughter lived upstairs. And the Common area than down the middle. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like on the cartoons, right? The chalk mark. And so they are now living in this house. It took us three years to do this in this way. Dad's in the basement. Mom and daughter are upstairs. Middle ground TV room. 
kitchen, all of that. Um, didn't work very well in the beginning. Ended up putting a TV downstairs so now the daughter could go downstairs and hang out with dad or stay in the main room. Um, and I was just watching the market and, and that was hard because as we kept in contact, um, as you can imagine, both of them were giving me calls about what the other one was doing and what's going on. And I have to keep this uh, very neutral piece of listening to what's going on and mom's dating dad's not dating yeah so i mean just i mean just learning and seeing the psychology of it first of all my empathy is is just through the roof like i don't even know what to say or do and i feel horrible um but once again because we stayed in contact because i was on them i was updating them on on the market uh as soon as we hit a point where we could get out i told them hey guys this is this is our time let's get this house on the market um, and again, same thing I did, as I mentioned, we actually went low to get in bidding war because they weren't going to, they weren't going to, you know, so we went, we went, I went a little bit lower than market ended up being, uh, an eight day on the markets and then literally highest and best was called out. That's a really good outcome for a really difficult, uh, situation. For four years. So you really right? so, so, you know what I'm saying? So when people are like, yeah. oh, my divorce took a year and a half, two years, and that's usually because you're fighting and not, and not being yeah. very nice inside the courtroom, where this was just like, there was no other option. No, that's great. And I so want to thank you for coming out. Again, you've been listening to Getting Split, Split Ready with Douglas Katz and Mariah Carey Pleasant. I want to hugely thank our guest, uh, Josh Berngard, our real estate expert. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming out, Josh. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit our website, splitready.com, and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and become split ready.